Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Go Blue with Stu. I am your host, Stuart Douglas. We got the one and only Robbie Hummel here. Robbie, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. Happy to be here. Yeah. So we'll get right into it. Michigan, Purdue, twenty-two fifty-eight. Wild stuff. I, I predicted uh, a big Purdue win, especially after I heard uh, Hunter was down in warmups. I mean, what did you see? Were you as shocked as I was? Yeah, I mean, it, so J- Benetti and I had the uh, we we where were we at last night? <laughs> we had Maryland and uh, Iowa. <laughs> Sorry, oh, you were calling last night. I should have known that. Um, so we had the game before. And then we went and grabbed something to eat, and we watched most of the second half. And I think the thing that was most surprising to me was just how, uh, on some of the defensive things, Purdue was so out of sorts. I, yeah. I mean, like just butch switches, and they were messing all sorts of stuff up. Now, give a lot of credit to Michigan, too, because they they took advantage, and Hunter's been playing at a, a really high level, and certainly he's a he's a tough matchup for Purdue with his ability to pick and pop, but also score inside and hold his own against their bigs. Um, but, man, the way their offense was flowing last night, they, they were they were on fire. I mean, I just feel like all five of those starters played really well. Musa Diabate was great. Um, Devontae Jones was great. Eli Brooks made shots. Um, th- that's kind of what you probably – we all expected from Michigan coming into this season. But I, I was really, really surprised with, defen- with the defensive mistakes of Purdue. I, I thought that they were – numerous and pretty easy things you know messing up switches messing up scissoring from big to big Mm -hmm. giving up wide open shots in transition there was a lot of mistakes that don't seem like they they should be that hard to fix but um man (laughs) it's been happening their their defensive efficiency is like 140 which is pretty wild for for any purdue team under coach painter yeah yeah they went to uh people been clamoring for the two big (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I went to it and it was like I think it was like in desperate times and they were like trying to trap and Michigan got, got easy looks but like what did you think of that in the second half I think he might have done it just so people wouldn't complain about it <laughs> it's like look just, it's not gonna look work at this. I won't do this it is, again exactly this is why I don't do this it's not gonna work but so so that people will just shut up I'll, I'll put these two guys out there together yeah no that makes sense Michigan and they had all five starters scoring double digits. Their bench didn't do too much. I don't think they've done that this year in the regular season. I mean, this – this. I mean, I, I want to calm fans down because then this expectation of shooting over 50% from three and all the starters sure. scoring like this, like, we got to calm down. It was a hell of a game, though. But it was a different Michigan team. Like, this is a team that we have not seen play yet. And especially defensively. They were finally – the kids weren't lost to where the three-point line is. They were finding guys. They were, you know, they had Sasha uh, marked up, and, they, you know, they didn't lose him. Uh, I mean, Travion's Travion, and Edie's Edie. But, you know, what can you speak of speak on about Michigan's defense in the second half? Because it was basically like, okay, all we got right now is Travion posting up and, and Ivy Creighton just kind of out of nowhere. Sure. I, I thought Michigan did a really good job of mixing defenses. And and they do like to do the whole 2-3, then match up man-to-man. And, and I think that can confuse I people. It, man. I, you know, I know. Oh. I know. It, it, it's, it's an interesting deal. Now, you don't like that they do it, or you didn't like playing against it? Like one – well, I just think like – I think maybe they're not completely comfortable with it. There was one out of bounds. It was five seconds left in the first half. And they went to it, and it was on the baseline. And I was like, this isn't going to work. And Gillis had an open eight-footer, just little right. jumper. And I was like, okay, like there are time and places for it. And I think they're still figuring that out. But 
sure. guess if you if you think it can throw some teams off. No, I, I think that it, it's a it's a curveball he throws in there. They'll run two three as well. They'll, they'll do the one two two and go back to zone. They'll play man. But I yeah, Purdue missed some shots that maybe they they normally make. Like Mason Gillis shoots an air ball on a wide open shot, and you just talked about the little yeah. seven footer he missed, and yeah, he's leading the Big Ten in, in three point field goal percentage, but. Michigan's got a, a part of that too. I, I mean, I thought that they played with with real passion on the defensive end. They were together on what they were doing, um, which you know, you look at Purdue, they they certainly were not <laughs> with some of the breakdowns yeah. that, that they had. Um, so I, I just thought the effort was there, the energy was there. And you know, you know this as well as I do, when shots are going in, it shouldn't be like this, but it's a heck of a lot easier to guard your man when you're making shots and you feel good about oh, yeah. yourself. And I just think that's kind of what, what Michigan was riding that wave last night. Yeah, it was definitely a momentum thing for sure. One thing I noticed with Purdue was kind of a lack of movement. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was almost seemed like under Painter, especially when you were there, it was kind of like, all right, we're, we got these defensive discipline. We got these principles that we're going to follow. And then offensively, like, you guys are good enough. Kind of, you're going to do kind of whatever you want and free flow. Sure. And last night it looked like they weren't moving much. I mean, like, I don't remember seeing too many screens set for Sasha. There wasn't like too much movement. It was kind of like, we're stuck. Let's just get the ball to Ivy. Is that kind yeah. of been? I, I think he's he's certainly turned some of the offense over to Jaden Ivy. And if you, if you watch the Illinois game, I mean, he was, he was so good yeah. in transition and pick and roll. And and I, I even thought against against Michigan, he did some really good things getting to the basket. Now he had some defensive breakdowns. And and you're right, the offense did get a little bit stagnant. When when I was at Purdue, we ran a ton of motion, yeah. like you were saying that the free flowing stuff It was annoying and, as hell. Yeah, no, it's, if you're if you have guys that understand how to do it, it can be miserable to guard because yeah. it's, there's no scouting report for that. You know, you're just you're it's random action all the time. So I don't think they they run much of that anymore. Now, if a play breaks down, they might run a little bit, but I bet he's 95 percent sets now. So they they do a lot of set based stuff. And we I, I think that he even feels that he wished that maybe he had some of that. Now, I thought yeah. that our motion offense was pretty effective. And when we played you guys, I mean, you guys were freaking, you know, matchup 2-3, 1-3-1, man-to-man. Yeah. <laughs> like, you would throw the kitchen sink at us. Right. And that's just the way that Coach Beeline uh, was at that time before he kind of went more man-to-man. Um, but, yeah, it, it certainly changed. And I, I thought they did get stagnant. Um, at times, they will just say, you know, Jaden, ball screen, make a play, or throw the ball into Trevion or, or Zach and – you know, last night it was just Hunter did a good job of, of holding his ground. They got Edie in foul trouble. Um, you know, they turned Jaden Ivey over five times. He gets what? I think he had 18 points. But, yeah, um, no, I, I thought Michigan, Jawan Howard, all those guys, they, they did a great job. Where do you see this Michigan team? Because it is hot and cold. Everybody yesterday told me they're the most hot and cold team in the country right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, you know, I think they're firmly in the middle of the Big Ten and people are yep. talking about bubble, blah, blah, blah. Where I mean, you can't predict it, but like you see the potential there, right? Sure, I think Sat tomorrow is is a massive game for both teams. Ohio yeah. State just gave one away at Rutgers. They're up eight with about four to play, and they had some some strange possessions, some some plays that just went Rutgers' way, where Caleb McConnell was just making incredible plays defensively. And then you look at Michigan, who's going to play all these games in a short period of time. I mean, this will be their what fourth game since Saturday. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So, because like they, yeah, Purdue Saturday, they had Penn State Tuesday, Purdue Thursday, and now Ohio yeah, State. Uh, yeah, I mean, so it's like an NBA-type schedule. 
So you're probably going to have to go to your bench a little bit more. But I think this is a big game in terms of, of both teams. And when you look at it from a Michigan perspective, just continuing to build that resume and, and try to get yourself on the right side of that bubble. I want to say Lunardi's got him as like first four out right now. Mm, okay. uh, after the, the the win last night, I think that's what the email said. We get emails from him all the time. He is constantly <laughs> updating this stuff. But, I mean, I yeah, they're hot and cold. You watch the Penn State game, and you're like, man, they might never score 70 points ever again. Yeah. And then you watch last night, and you're like, these guys are an offensive juggernaut. <laughs> like, who's going to miss a shot? Yeah. So it, it's been a part of it. You know, free throw shooting has kind of been up and down. The shooting from the perimeter has been up and down. Defensively, they've been up and down. I would say the one constant has been that Hunter has played, especially in Big Ten play, at an all-conference type level. Now, I'm not sure if he'll it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating to see the first team all league it's gonna be kick crazy. out because I think you before last night, I would have said, All right, first team is gonna be Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, Johnny Davis, Kofi Coburn, EJ Liddell. Yeah. But you're still leaving really good guys out of the mix, like guys that are really good players. And then when you look at what Hunter's done, even over the last seven games or in Big Ten play, he deserves to be there too. But there's just not enough spots because all those other guys are, are having great seasons as well. So there's certainly plenty of games left. What Michigan's got eight Big Ten games left. So he can still, you know, continue to make that push. But he's he's been the one constant to me. He has played tremendously. Yeah. How about the uh, three point celebration? Crispin, I, I realized <laughs> I realized after like the first time I was like, Crispin, you know exactly what he's doing. And then later he was just he was being sarcastic. Right. But right. everyone's everyone's waiting around for some tech on that. And I'm like, well, you know what's funny? If they don't tech him, I'm not sure. Like, have you ever seen a, the Big Ten suspend someone for celebrating, e even if it's vulgar? I don't remember anything like that. In the yeah. NBA, they, they'd be like, all right, $5,000 fine, 15 whatever, whatever dollar amount you want, fine. Yeah. And But there are no fines in college. So is it enough to suspend him? No, I, I would say no. Is it probably like is it something you want your five year old to see if you're at the game? Probably not. Don't ask me that, son. Don't ask yeah. me that. <laughs> yeah, just shut up, son. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. I I wonder if the Big Ten will be like, yo, stop. Yeah. Otherwise, we will tech you. I I'd assume that's what they'll do. Yeah, it's that, interesting because be. I remember the NBA. It took a while before the Sam Cassell yeah. Big Ball celebration yeah. was banned, right. and I'm like, yeah, it might be something where they tell them to stop or like. Next year, it's going to be a whole thing. They're going to tell the teams you can't do anything like that. <laughs> Rick Boyages will have to go from school to school like like Rich Falk did with us and oh. give, a, give a presentation on why you can't do this Hunter Dickinson celebration. I loved when Rich came in. Did you like it? Because he would be like I loved ripping it. it was awesome. No, he. I see him at Northwestern. He's at almost every game. So whenever I do a Northwestern game, he always comes over and says hello. His... I guess you'd call it presentation of the rules and what they were going to emphasize. And then the demonstrations he'd do where he would, he'd start cussing and he'd be doing these over-exaggerated elbows and swearing. And yes. I mean, it, coach Payne was always like, you guys can laugh, but be respectful. And I think Rich wanted us to be engaged where it wasn't like, you know, this is a technical foul this year. And this is the, he didn't want it to be boring. I mean, it kept our attention. I'll say that. I, I still yeah. remember his, his deals and man, I, I really enjoy talking to him, but I, I thought it was so funny when he'd come, come and talk to us, but that, that's going to be Rick this year. Can't, 
can't do the celebration where you're you're having your arm mimic another body part. Of yeah, he's going to be demonstrating that. Like you, you guys know what this means. Please stop. <laughs> exactly. I remember. Uh, I don't remember what year it was, but the big elbow swinging rule because of Manny Harris. Yes, Chris Kramer's the Chris Kramer rule. You you got to witness the the wrath of. I've never seen a stadium more riled up than oh, that. Never. It was it was almost like man, I I could not believe. And you know what? I was on the bench to this day. I've seen replays of it. I still don't think he hit him. I, I it's even, like it's like Kramer or, fell down and just punched himself in the face because I it didn't look like from my angle, and he would argue this because obviously his nose is broken and it's bleeding. But from the angle I saw, and even when you watch the replay, it doesn't really look like he, he must have hit him perfectly. You know, perfectly. he must have just hit him in a perfect way. I've seen Manny do much worse in practice with those <laughs> sharp elbows. So it was exactly. it was interesting. But I remember. I think that was, yeah, my sophomore year, and we were not good. And, like, Mackey just erupting, and I'm like, we're not on Purdue's level. Like, why do they care this much? Oh, they care a lot. But that's just Mackey. But it's Mackey, and it's also one of their favorite sons. I mean, they love Kramer, oh, God, and they yeah. love the way he played. And when Manny Harris elbowed him in the face and got ejected, they they were on it. <laughs> they oh, were man. on it. I remember just – I hated Kramer, especially because at one point in our season – Beeline comes in. We're like, you know, we suck my sophomore year. And he's like, you know, I watched the Purdue game last night. And Chris Kramer is just running out. He's playing every minute. And he is the end of the second half. And he comes out, you know, it's a timeout. And he's on his hands and knees. And he's begging coach to take him out. Begging him. He's too tired. And Painter says, no, you stay in there. You're going to keep going. And Chris <laughs> stayed in and played, still played hard. And you guys aren't doing that. And I was like, damn it, Chris, like, just relax, but yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling like we're not even playing you and I'm already getting in trouble. The funny thing is, though, is that every coach I feel like has has guys in the league like that. Well, you know, somebody will do something in practice and they'll be like, you know, I was I was watching pick a team. You know, you could be anybody you want. I was watching Ohio State last night. Aaron Kraft never takes any possessions off. You're like, well, Screw Aaron Kraft. Like, we're not playing Ohio <laughs> State. I don't want to – why Why are we getting yelled at because Aaron Kraft tried hard last night in their game at whatever Big Ten team? I think yeah. that that's just a coach thing. It and is. whether it's Chris Kramer or Aaron Kraft or, you know, whoever, that, that happens, I think, in, in every program. No, it, it is inevitable. And it, the, the, the thing I hate the most is that it works. It does. Yeah. It motivates you right. and it works. That's what's most annoying. Exactly. exactly. Right, I want to get into some of the Ohio State game because you're calling that, right? Ohio State yep. Michigan? Yep. Okay, so I want to get into that a little bit. But I wanted to recap a little bit because it reminded me Michigan's huge win against Purdue at home. And then it took me back. And I still do firmly believe that my worst loss in my memory is you guys beating us on senior night in Chrysler and ruining our perfect big 10 season and then possibly like outright big 10 champs. And yep. it was just, you know, I'll never forget like you, my senior year, like why is Robbie still here? Like why, why am I still playing? He won't, he won't leave. This he guy's won't, this asshole won't, won't get out of here. And you guys just like handled us and we were so confident and yeah, just, that, that's one of those situations and it, and it though, tanked our season after that, honestly. Yeah. It's a situation though, where, it's all about who you play and when you play them. Like, I'm sure Purdue is like, why couldn't we have gotten Michigan instead of last night? Yeah. In early January when they were struggling. Yeah. And you guys saw us at Mackey when we were, I mean, I was playing so bad. My knees hurt. Yeah. I wasn't back to normal. I had no pop in my legs. In January, I sucked. In February, 
I felt so much better. And it was just, I think I needed time away from my second surgery to get my legs back. And you guys see us at the end of the big 10 season. Um, we had some guys get in trouble, um, which kind of maybe rallied us, even though it shouldn't have like, sure. but we just kind of, we started playing way better. We were so much better when we saw you guys than when you saw us at Purdue. And we, we took, we led Kansas for 39 minutes and 30 seconds. And they went to the national title game in yeah. the second round. I, we had no business. Like you look at our personnel compared to them. It's not close, but we were playing better. We were playing small. We were shooting a shit ton of threes and we weren't Dude, turning the ball over. And if we could, yeah. if we could not get crushed on the glass, which when we'd play like Ohio state or, or Kansas or those type teams, like you had Jared Sollinger and Thomas Robinson, yeah. we better make 15 threes. You know, that's how we're going to win. But against you guys, it was more manageable because you've got Novak at the four and you've got Jordan Morgan at the five and that you, you didn't have the traditional seven foot dude um, like that. So that, we were just playing better, and I'm sorry we beat you guys, but uh, we owed you from beating us at Purdue, at Purdue for sure. That is true. That is true because I, I cherish that Mackey win forever. So, yeah, yeah you did owe us. Uh, okay, looking forward to the Ohio State game. Ohio State coming off a brutal loss. I want to get into that a little bit because you called it. Like, what the hell happened? Up nine. Yeah, you know, what, I mean, what, what's Ohio State's deficiency there at the end? I thought they should have given the ball to EJ Liddell more. Uh, last three plays of the game, they they go to Branham twice and Justin Arns for a corner three. And, you know, one of the plays, Liddell was a decoy, and Branham had been playing really well. I want to say he had – I think he had 19? Yeah, he had 19, yeah. Yeah, he had 19, 7 of 13, knocked down four, three, or four threes, yeah. Um, but still, you got a guy like Liddell who's one of the best players in the country. You can post him. Um, I think they were concerned maybe – about seeing a double team at the end of the game, but they're only, they're up two. So you double and you give up a three, you could lose. So I, yeah. I assume you're not going to see that. Um, but they went away from him. There was some freakish plays made by Caleb McConnell. Rutgers just crushed him in transition. That, that's the only way they could really get into an offensive rhythm. Geo Baker had an unbelievable night. But McConnell had a block on, on a Branham fast break that saved the game, and he had mm -hmm. a steal that was big that got him out in transition. Um, Geo made some shots late and then they just, you know, defensively, they were really good, but it, you look at it from an Ohio state perspective, a road win at that place, I think it would have been a quad two win, but it still would have been a, a really, really good win for Ohio state. Um, it was, I'm sure they're frustrated. I, it makes this game Saturday even bigger yeah. against Michigan because it's, it's another opportunity to, to go on the road and, but it's also another opportunity to, to go farther in the tank. And when, yeah. when we were in the Big Ten, there was a couple teams where you felt like th they were get-right games, you know, where, where yeah. you're looking at personnel and you're like, um, we we could – not that we couldn't lose to them, but we absolutely should beat this team. Yes. And I think when you look around the Big Ten this year, outside of probably Nebraska, and Minnesota would argue that because they went in there and got stomped pretty good uh, for Nebraska's first win, I, I just think – you look at the Northwestern, they're pretty talented. And they've had a bunch of close games – Minnesota, I look at them the same way. They're not deep, but they've got guys in Jamison Battle and Peyton Willis who they can hurt you in a one-on-one -on -one setting. And when they – like, ask Rutgers. Peyton Willis damn near beat those guys by himself <laughs> alongside Luke Lowy. No Jamison Battle in that game. So I, I, I think the league is a bear. And I was also talking to Joe Krabenhoff after the Wisconsin-Illinois game, and we had a really interesting talk about how they had just seen Kofi go for 37-12. and 12, And he was like, 
there was nobody like that in the league when we were around. Dude. You think about it, like BJ Mullins, good player, big body. Yeah. We weren't worried about him going for 37. No. You knew he was going to be a, a, a pro and was going to be there for a year. Costa Kufa, same thing. Jared Sullinger, you could make the argument yeah. that he was, but he was only 6'9. He's not 7'1 or 7'4 like, like Zach Eady. Right. You know, or Hunter is so skilled at 7'1. Um, I, I just we didn't have to deal with with that at all. I mean, you think about our team trying to play me at the five in the league today again we, we better make 15 threes otherwise we're going to get destroyed on the glass and in the paint yeah i mean we were like you just mentioned earlier we were six eight and then six four maybe like a five four right. spot but like right well i want to get into some Ohio state stuff but you made the point of the big 10 i don't know i was talking to rob or other people i don't think i've ever seen scoring like this in the big 10 in terms right. of an individual standpoint like let alone and it's mostly bigs but just top to bottom it's crazy and I, I was just trying to i was about to ask you do you think ohio state is a 16 seed when they won't be but you know are they are, are they going to get docked as much because you know these evaluators know the big 10 is just crazy right now yeah no it's i, I think a, a really interesting stat that i saw was wisconsin has not had anyone average 20 a game since michael finley that's Damn. the 90s <laughs> like yeah. think about how many good players they've had a lot average averaging 20 a game in the big 10 is it, it's a it's a pretty special accomplishment, I would say. And and I guess the guys that have done it in recent memory, maybe Carson Edwards. There's probably a few more that I'm, I'm not thinking of. Um, but uh, to, to have four or five guys around that number is, is pretty remarkable. Then you look at the national scoring leaders and the Big Ten's got four or five guys in the in the top 15 or 20. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that's pretty rare. Um, in, in regards to Ohio state's loss at Rutgers, I don't think it docks them that much. It's a, it's a quad two loss. The threes and the fours are what you want to avoid. And I think it's kind of just life on the road in this, this league. Um, it's, it's a part of it. And as long as you're staying away from the teams that are ranked, um, below 135 in the net, I don't think any loss really hurts you that bad. Whereas yeah. in the ACC or the PAC 12, you've got some losses that can really screw up your resume. Right. So the Big Ten is is fortunate in that regard. That I think right now we have one team that if you lose to them on their home floor, it would actually hurt you. Interesting. Yeah, well, that's good for teams going forward, especially for teams like Michigan or totally dying a lot of opportunity. Win. Now you yeah. can also get pile driven into the ground. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where, yeah, exactly. You could lose five in a row and be like, man, what happened? But it, it goes like both ways. Flip. Yeah. Um, this is coming from a Michigan bias a little bit and how well they've been playing lately, but. What can Ohio State do to match up and cause problems for Michigan? Well, they'll throw bodies at at Hunter. There's no doubt about that. They're going to play Liddell at the four, and you look at you know Zed Key, Joey Brunk, Kyle Young. That's a pretty experienced front line. That's where their strength lies. That's where they get a lot of their scoring. Malachi Branham is having maybe as good of a year as as almost any freshman. You know, I think Bryce McGowan's with his numbers. Yeah, has kind of separated himself. Even though I have a hard time saying that a, a guy that's on a team that's won one Big Ten game should win any award. Jacking up whatever. But, yeah, but I think he has separated himself with some of his numbers the last eight games enough to where you can make that case. But Branham is he's definitely going to be on the all freshman team. Um, you know, he shot it really well in Big Ten play. He had twenty against Purdue which a lot of people have really good games against <laughs> Purdue um, this season. Um, their guard play outside of Branham, though, to me, is is a little bit undynamic, if that makes sense. A lot mm -hmm. of guys that want to shoot catch-and-shoot threes, you know, Jamari Wheeler, Justin Arns, um, 
Michi Johnson, who rolled his ankle at Rutgers, so who knows if he'll be healthy. They'll play Jimmy Sotos if he's not. Uh, but to me, Branham is is probably the concern in the backcourt. And Liddell is is the guy. You know, yeah. I, I would assume that Michigan will throw bodies at him. Now, Ohio State has guys around him that can make shots. But I, I think that Liddell is the head of the snake, and you totally have got to give him your undivided attention because he, he can easily go for 30, and he can totally dominate a game. Musa is going to have that matchup. I think it's going to be probably his toughest one yet. Yes. I have not watched a lot of Ohio State really at all. So I'm wondering how they're using uh, EJ and how do you think they're going to attack Musa? And, you know, they, they saw last game, like the starters play and they're the most important. And if we can get totally. one of those bigs in foul trouble early, it's going to be huge. So how do you yep. think they're going to attack early with EJ? Yeah, he, he scores in a variety of ways. He's three-level right. scorer. He's shooting over 40% from three on the year. Uh, he's got a really good pull-up game. They, they put him in pick-and-pop situations and let him decide whether he wants to shoot it or play off the closeout. They'll post him. He's really good with his fadeaway jumper, can go all the, over both shoulders. He's also got a right jump hook. He's one of those dudes where if he gets his butt on you, he's so powerful, he will create space. And I think that's what you worry about with, with Musa is that he's mm. – He's a little bit on the light side in terms of his weight room development, I would say. He's got great length, but he could easily put on another 20 pounds and still yeah. be considered skinny, you know, with, with his body frame. Um, so I, I think they'll they'll post him some. They move him around. They, they, they really allow him to score in a, in a lot of different ways. So Musa Diabate is going to be extremely uh, tested, you could say, um, going against one of the best players in the country. How much ball screen action are they doing with Malachi? It didn't seem like too much with Malachi or the other guards. It doesn't seem like a huge yeah, they'll, focus. They'll, but... they'll do some, but they they run sets where they'll rip their bigs into the post, like some America's Play stuff mm -hmm. where it's screen for the screener. Um, they do that a lot. They'll run a little bit of ball screen action, the pick and pop for Liddell, a lot of handoff stuff for, for Malachi Branham. This dude's going right. <laughs> I <laughs> promise you. And if yeah. he's going left, he's trying to get back to his right, even if you're going to yeah. do it the whole way. Um, I'll be interested. Zed Key has played well against good people. He had 20 against Duke, had 12 and 11 against Rutgers, but he was 4-12, missed some bunnies. Mm -hmm. um, he really struggled at Purdue with their size and got in foul trouble, but he he's a good player, can score with either hand. Um, but they they run a variety of sets, and, and Chris Holtman is a, an excellent coach. Yeah, no, he's just – I never – looking at this roster, I wouldn't – I was just shocked to see the wins and – how well they've done, but it, you know, always go back to it's Chris Holtman. This is just yeah, really no, and, and I think their guards oh. have, have come a long way. Branham playing the way he has has right. really elevated yeah. their ceiling, I would up. say. Because yeah. early in the year, you would say, Man, they got guards that can shoot, but those guys aren't driving the ball. You're only getting yeah. paint touches off post touches. And now yep. with Branham, he's got a pull up game, he's got a floater, he can get to the rim. Um, he, he's a really good player. He's going to be a problem for the Big Ten in, in, in coming years. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see if, if they put Eli on him. It probably will, and then see how that goes. And, you know, Eli had his hands full of Jaden, so he's probably going to be tired but for yeah. four games yeah. in the last however many days, and he's going to have to, you know, go back at Branham. So it'll be interesting. You got a you got a certain prediction. I don't even know what the line is, but what – I mean, Ohio well, State has not done well on the roads. That, yeah. that bodes well for Michigan. But They've like, been what tough. Do you think? I would say it's – I would say toss-up. I have no idea because I, who knows what Michigan – I thought Purdue was a little bit affected by the Illinois win in terms of just having a little bit of a hangover. You could yeah. make the case that that could happen to Michigan. Uh, right. Ohio State coming off a, a loss that's super tough. Probably feel like they gave one away. You mentioned their road record. That, that's a big part of 
of your seating is how do you play on the road, especially in, in conference play. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ohio State won. I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan won. Either way, it, it could it would not be shocking to me. No, I remember, you know, not to take away from Michigan, but when Michigan beat down IU at IU, I was like, those dudes, those IU guys were in Kilroy's for three straight days, just like <laughs> straight up pouring nacho cheese sauce down their yeah. throats. Like they didn't care about Michigan the next day. I know. Day. You it, take it advantage just, of that. That's the it, Big Ten. It's a part of it for sure is handling success or suffering yeah, oh, yeah. success. You know, like you, that's why the good teams, when you see what they're able to do, when you have a, a conference champion that goes, you know, 18 and two or, or 17 and three, that's when you have big wins like that. I think this year you're going to, you're going to have the champ is like five losses just because the league's so, so deep and, and good. But um, yeah, the, the special teams in this league have found ways to stack wins, even when you get those, those big ones. But right now we're, we've seen, we've seen multiple teams not, not do it. And, and yeah. I would say Purdue was one of them uh, in Ann Arbor last night. No, it'll be interesting finish to end the season. It'll, I would imagine more of the same chaos, just back and forth till, till the end of the Big Ten season. Uh, Robbie, I appreciate you coming on. I'm going to be tuning in, listening for that deep voice of the game against Ohio State, Michigan. It's so funny, man. I, I listened to a couple of your games called, and I, for whatever reason, couldn't place your voice. And I was like, what the hell? That's Robbie? Like, I don't know why. I just couldn't. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, place, but now we, it's now it's distinguishable. No, we, we've had plenty of battles since high school, too. So I know um, you've heard me talking up, whether it's the paw camp or or college or oh, do we ever God, see yeah. each other as a pros? I don't think we did. I don't think we ever. No, I don't think so. No, never did. Um, I will say, though, the paw camp is one of my favorite things that I played in in high school because you're the away best. from your parents. You get to stay in the dorms. You get pizza every night. You played like a billion games. We played oh. you guys every freaking year. Yeah. Yeah. Like we never got to play Valpo. And then we did, you know, in those games, yeah. that was what was fun because you got to see all the Indiana teams. Totally. And we never saw Indianapolis teams and that's right. how we'd, we'd see them in the summer. So that was good. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, man. Um, yeah. And hopefully, hopefully it'll be another Michigan win, but it'll be very interesting. And, you know, maybe we can get you back on later in the season, but uh, best of luck. And yeah, we'll talk later. Appreciate it. I'd be happy to come on. All right. Thanks. Jeff.